Good morning. Welcome to the channel. I'll turn this down. <laughs> Thought I had set it up, but I wasn't set up. So God bless you, man. Appreciate you being here. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the spirit, and uh, there's a lot of things going on in the physical. So our discernment is really key in this day and age, because uh, what you think is true may not be true. What you think is a lie may be true. That's the problem we're having. And uh, so be alert, be alert. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can come out to the street again one more day, trying to make it six days a week like I normally do. But uh, I mean, if I'm able and I was able today, so I thank you, Lord. 28th and Iris, I pray for Lord. And I uh, thank you for all the people who are coming here and listening to uh, me talk. I don't know, I'm nobody. I don't know why people are even coming and listening to me, but uh, I'm doing this these messages and these sermons and even the banner because you, Holy Ghost, you've asked me to do this. You've commissioned me, you've called me to do this. So that's what I'm doing. I mean, it's not my choice and you know that. It's not my will, but your will. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for uh, giving me the uh, strength and the ability to, to do the job that you've called me to do. You've equipped me to do this job, this work, and uh, you've equipped everyone to do this work. So I thank you, Lord, for using me as an example for everyone else. They can take a look and see what they can do or they're not want to do or whatever the case may be or check me out in some way or form or fashion so they uh they have some ideas of how they can serve you and uh that's kind of how you're using me so i thank you lord in jesus name in jesus name amen and amen so this is 28th and iris in boulder this is the north end this is actually the north end of the cross that i see laying inside the city limits of Boulder, the north end, which means there's a south end, an east end, and a west end. So there's different corners at either ends of the cross. And there's another cross that I see laid outside the city limits, a cross, and I go to those ends of the crosses. And there's a third cross that overlays the city, uh, the state of Colorado. Uh, I see a cross there also. And uh, so there's a, I go to the at the ends of those crosses also, at the state line, at the state line. My next, my last trip was in January, and that was to the western end of the cross. It lays inside the state of Colorado, and that's in Grand Junction. And I, again, encourage you to watch those two videos, part one and part two. Part one is prepare. Listen to that. Take notes if you have to. And then part two, ready. Watch part one first. Don't watch part two and then not watch part one. Or watch part one and not watch part two. Those are very critical in this day and age. Because a lot of people are saying, get ready, be ready, be ready. But no one tells you anything about what that means. And so those two uh, videos, those two talks, those two messages, give you some different examples of what that means, okay? And then if you want some more information, Come on over on Sunday morning, uh, every morning, Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock, live stream. We live stream a class, a true study class, and we're using a, a book that we have, And uh, but it's not really a book, it's more of a log book, it's not a teaching book, and it gets us into the Word of God. And we, every day for an hour, every Monday through Friday, we uh, jump into and dig deep into the Word of God on one single seed. We take one seed and drill into that really deeply. Gives you a good understanding of one word. Not a whole passage or a whole chapter, but one single word. Sometimes there's two, today there was two. Uh, but uh, generally it's just one word out of the Bible. And then we go into that one single word. Because Jesus said, the word of God is like a seed. It's also said that every word of God is pure. So every word, that's every singular word in the Bible is a seed, and this makes up a big bunch of seeds. So it's really amazing. So our classes, we just finished 117 classes, and we're going to 130 in the current book that we're in. We're in book two. So if you're thinking about joining our class and purchasing the book, uh, purchase book number three if you're listening to this today or tomorrow or next couple of days. Uh, book three, because that's when we'll be starting here in just... Uh, couple more weeks or so and we want everybody in the same book and uh, same class and same Sunday prayer letter 
that kind of thing. And uh, if you want the book, you can go to thebookpatch.com, P-A-T-C-H, thebookpatch.com. And then you click on the bookstore up on the right, top right corner. I'm in the bookstore. And then when that comes up, all the books in the bookstore, hundreds of books come up. You just type in the search bar, GEC, Truth, Study, and all eight books will come up. And you just look down for number three, and that's the one you buy. So it's $9 and a few cents, $9 and some, again, that's the printer's cost. Uh, there's no profit added to that at all, not even a, you know, nothing. And all the profit I'm donating to every buyer of the book to help offset the cost of the shipping and handling. That's kind of how I'm doing. So for example, if you bought uh, book three this week, and you send me a picture of you, I mean, not, um, but just send me a picture of that you bought book three, and, uh, and then uh, uh, jump on our Sunday prayer letter. It's an email that goes out every Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, goes out, and it kind of a full course email. Uh, nowhere in there do I beg for money. Nowhere in there do I ask for money. It's just a, just, it's a Sunday prayer letter is what it is. And I pray over the letter. I pray over the people who get the letter. It's very important to us in the church. I've sent out over 250 letters or something like that, 247 or whatever it is. Getting close to 250 letters. That's, that's a lot of weeks. And then uh, you do those two things. And one more thing, you come to some of the classes. Say give, you know, there's a... 65 classes, so attend 10% of them, so six or, six or seven classes. And then what we'll do, if you do those three things, and if you didn't get that, just rewind this and listen to it again. I don't want to repeat it. Uh, we'll buy the next book. If you buy book three, then we'll buy book four. You know, that kind of thing. We'll buy the next book for you. And we'll ship it to you, no charge to you. That's our way of also giving. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. So we're not a selling church. A lot of churches sell everything they've got. Uh, we don't do that. We give, expecting God to provide for us so that we can give. And that's Galatians 6, 7. God's not going to be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So as we sow out, God provides more to buy more. And one more thing we're giving away is uh, we're giving away gospel tracts gospel tracks these things right here this is your life this is your life so we have purchased several cases of these and we have a contact information on the back we're giving away one case at a time we're giving away 20 case 20 actually 21 cases total for this year we're giving away 30,000 gospel tracks to those who are interested no charge to you so contact me and uh, get a hold of me and uh, it's a full case. You can't ask for a half a case or two or three bundles. It's just a whole case. And then our, it, it, there's no timeline on how long it takes you to hand out a case of tracks. It could be a year. It could be two years. It doesn't matter. But as long as you just stay after it. And then, uh, however, the caveat or the warning to this is this. If you get the, get the tracks, uh, we'll ship it to you free of charge. We'll pay for the tracks, everything. No charge to you. Not a penny. But with that, there's a warning that the Holy Ghost attached to that. And that is if you take the case, you start passing it out, and you say, well, I don't want to do that. Uh, that doesn't matter. I don't like that. And just throw the case in the garage or in the trash can or in the closet someplace, and you never come back to it again. Now, sometimes we all struggle. I understand that. So, you know, you might go for a month and not pass out a gospel track. That doesn't mean you quit. I'm talking about those who quit and never return to pass out all the gospel tracts, it would be better that a millstone would be hanging around your neck and you're thrown in the deepest part of the ocean. That's a very severe warning, but that's not my warning. I would never say that to anybody. That was the Holy Ghost. That puts the importance on these gospel tracts because it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's not just something. It's the Word of God. Amen? And uh, so... We're a giving church, you know. We give on the street. We give everything. I'm giving this away. I'm giving my time away, too. I give everything away. I gave my... I don't know. Go on. So, anyways, let's pray one more time. So, Lord, I thank you that we can pray one more time, that uh, if people are offended by praying so much, well, then so be it. Let them be offended. 
Uh, but we're going to pray when we're, we're quickened by you, Holy Spirit, to pray. So we thank you, Lord. We give you the seed that we can sow uh, True Study books, and we can also sow gospel tracts, a case of gospel tracts. And we thank you, Lord, that we can do that kind of thing because you provide to us. And we love you, Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Praise the Lord. A little commercial there, huh? I got home from preaching yesterday from Baseline and Broadway and uh, then fellowship talked for another hour. And then uh, by the time I got to my work, it was 9.30 that night by the time I finished my work at home. This is not my work. I work in the morning, in the mid-morning, uh, all day long and at night. I work from the time I get up to the time I go to bed, uh, six and a half days a week. And this is, I'm in my fifth year now. May will be my fifth year anniversary, and I start my sixth year. We're going for a 10-year season. That's what we're doing. I'm 70 years old, too. I'll turn 71 this year. And I got a busted-up leg with metal in it and all kinds of stuff. Used to be on a walker and a cane, and I mean, in crutches, and then a cane. And I used to hold my banner with my cane. And people give me excuses all the time. I don't own a car, so I have to walk everywhere or ride the city bus. And it's very difficult for me. And I stand out here for a good solid four hours, sometimes four and a half or five hours. And I'm doing it. What's your excuse? <laughs> I could tell you a, a dozen of them that people have given me out here on the street. And then the reason I'm doing these videos, these messages here on camera, is not for my benefit at all. Uh, I'm not doing it for me. And I'm not doing it because I want to do it. I'm not doing it because uh, uh, it looks cool. I'm not doing it. I'm the only reason, there's one reason and only one reason, and that is the Holy Ghost asked me to do these. And I had to pray for several weeks because I knew this is a lot of work. It's not easy. It's not easy to do these sermons and put the video up, you know, all that stuff. All the work pertained around making a video. And people don't take, it's just amazing how many hours creators on YouTube put into their videos and people just flip it off like it's no big deal. It's really sad. You know, they don't realize the, the amount, a vast amount of energy and effort we apply to every single video. And if you notice, I put effort in all my videos. I put effort right now. I'm really pouring my heart out on camera, even before I lift my banner. But life goes on. So I'm doing this because of the Holy Spirit. And uh, praise God for that. I'm willing and I'm obedient. I said I didn't want to, but that is not not what I meant. I misspoke there a little bit. Okay. All right, so I hope you've been following along a little bit. And I'm going to suppose that there's a bunch of people not following along. So that means i got to kind of go over this because this is what the Holy Ghost wants me to do. So we preach on the street from the Sunday prayer letter. The Sunday prayer letter, when it goes out, gives us all the scriptures and all the corners and locations and cities that we're going to be in that week. So it's not just for me to pray for you, it's for you to pray for us. For, our, for out here, I, I pray that people are praying for 28th and Iris today. You know, I pray that people are praying for the class this morning. All that is on the Sunday prayer letter. And the cities that we're going to, we're going here, we're in Boulder, and then we're going over to Superior, Colorado, and then we're going down to Golden, Colorado this week. So all that's in the prayer letter. That's why it no, doesn't cost you a nickel, not a penny, to receive the Sunday prayer letter. And I ask this all the time, and I don't, see, I got 32 people, 34, because two times I'm on there from two different websites, two different emails that I have, just to keep tabs on what's going on. Isn't that amazing? And, and then once they get the letter, only half the people, actually 46% actually open the letter. Now, see the value? See, people don't really value somebody else's time and effort and energy and output. But we don't do it for people. See, I'm talking to a minister here. I'm talking to you as a minister, not as a, some just laid back Christian doing nothing. I'm talking to somebody that's on fire for God, who's hungry and thirsty, and is a minister. We're all ministers. Every single believer is a minister. 
Some of us are called to do a different work, like this is me, I'm called to do a different work. I pastor a church in town, I'm also a street preacher, so I'm called to do this kind of work. Anyways, uh, so everything we do is not for people, it's for God. I do everything unto God. I serve God Almighty. I don't serve people. There's a big disconnect there in the modern church. They stop serving God and they're serving people. And God's anointing lifts. But we have the anointing us, on us from God because we don't serve people. We never will. That's in our bylines. It's in our church doctrines and teaching and everything. We don't serve people. We serve God. We give everything to God. We give to God. We preach as unto God. We minister as unto God. I'm doing this video not for you, but for God. Then my prayer, my intercession, my supplication for you is that when I give to God this sermon, as I'm doing now, God touches the people. I don't touch the people. God touches the people by His Holy Spirit. It's kind of cool. I mean, it really takes a lot of pressure off you when you put it all on God, and all you got to do is show up, do the work He asks you to do, and go home. <laughs> sort of like. <laughs> Not really. All right, so in our Sunday prayer letter here, this is our uh, number two, oh, 247. That's how many letters I've written. This is called, this is the February 4th to the 10th, and we're in the season for 2024 called uh, Fire. That's the name of my banner, Fire. I'll lift that once I'm done with this sermon. This is what I do when I get to the street. The first thing I do is I do this sermon. I do a scripture short, then I do this sermon, and then I lift, I put everything away, and then I lift my banner. That's how I do it. And I stay out here until the Holy Ghost lets me go home. And I, but I'm on a schedule, and if He wants me to stay longer, I stay longer. If He wants me to go home early, I go home early. I do whatever the Holy Ghost wants me to do. I'll stay out here all night if He wants me to. It doesn't matter to me. And I've been out here late, late at night, nine o'clock at night, flying my banner, because the Holy Ghost says stay. And I've stayed many times here at Iris and Broadway. Iris and 28, sorry, Iris and Broadway. I'm at Iris and Broadway also, but this is 28th Street, Highway 36. So. I'm submitted to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Almighty God. All right? I hope you are. I hope you take the Spirit of God serious. So fire. And this title is called Offering Made by Fire. But what I want to highlight here is the structure. Now, I talked a lot about this on Sunday Sermon. And if you, have, if you don't know what I mean by structuring the scriptures, then oh man, see my, the tree is dropping all kinds of snow. There's nowhere to stand. There's, there's, it's hard to get across the street. It's just... No place to stand today. That's snow country. All right. Anyway, so Sunday, I really took a long time to talk about structure. I'm not going to go over that again, but I'll highlight this structure here. This is how the Holy Ghost asked me to, to uh, keep track. Because I asked the Holy Spirit a question. Asking you receive. That was in today's class. And um, I asked, there's 506 verses with the word fire. We're preaching on every verse in the King James Bible that contains the word fire, F-I-R-E, fire. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, there's 506 verses that contain the word fire. All right, so I asked the Holy Spirit, how am I going to, as I knew that I wasn't gonna start at the beginning, go all the way down in chronological order. I knew I wasn't gonna do that. And all I could see was mass confusion because <laughs> I knew I couldn't keep track of where I'm at every week. It would just be, I'd be all over the place because I jump everywhere in the Bible. I don't just do things in order. I go here, I go there, I go up, down. All, I'm all over the place. That's just how I do things. That's kind of my personality style. Is, uh, and I'll, sometimes I'll start on the right, sometimes I'll start on the left. Uh, sometimes I'll start in the middle. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I'm all over the place. And uh, it kind of confuses those that are logical, brain-thinking type people. It really frustrates them. But I jump all over the place in my brain so that's why I do this. That's why I jump around here on the video. That's my, that's who I am. So God uses me for people who are like me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but very logical thinkers, they can't stand me. They can't keep up at all. They don't know what I'm doing. I'm all over the place. <laughs> not saying they don't, okay? Not saying they don't, but it's kind of funny. Because uh, I can't relate to them. Because I'm not that way. All right? You gotta be who you are, right? <laughs> All right, so the structure is right in the middle here is a line 
and it's it's kind of a, uh, a, 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 a it's really it's called an ampersand a a m p e r s a n d ampersand is actually the 27th letter of our English alphabet. After Z is the ampersand. You can Google that and find out if I'm telling the truth or not. But I did. I am. I checked that out. And in the 1611 first edition, and I don't know how many editions after that, but I know in the uh, He Bible, the first edition of the King James in 1611, the ampersand was used by God not to indicate etc. or indicate and. It indicated to the reader that what God was going to say next or right around that area is very, very important. Heads up. Listen up. This is this part right here I'm going to talk about is really important. That's what the San Francisco is. a highly important flag that you're to stop. Kind of, you know, like a street light, like a signal light. Man, it's getting hot now. It was cold this morning. Anyways, so that's what this is here. Then we have this outstretched arms here. And each of these squares represents a, uh, a Bible verse. And the Holy Ghost showed me I start at the first and then I go to the last. And I go to the next and the next and I travel inward from both ends of the Bible. I travel inward with fire scriptures and I meet in the middle. And this, uh, this middle thing represents a soldier of Christ. And the fire comes over and keeps the soldier of Christ pure. That's why John the Baptist, one of the ideas behind him saying that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Fire is not just for destruction, fire is for purification. So it keeps the soldier of Christ pure. It's really important, especially in this day and age, especially going forward. So we're gonna be talking about this all year for 2024. And so either in is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 verses, and then there's Friday and Saturday in the middle. Friday represents the day that Christ died for this soldier of Christ and all of us. <laughs> then Saturday represents the Sabbath, our rest in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sin. Pretty amazing. That's the soldier of Christ. So this structure is really cool. I put this on our Sunday prayer letter too. And these lines here all connect and show how they all go together. And this whole thing is on fire. This whole thing is lit with light. This whole thing is in light. The light of God is right through here. It's really amazing. And then here's our scriptures right here that we're going through. <clears throat> All right, so today is uh, Tuesday. We're going to go to Exodus 32, 24. 32, 24. And then we're also going to go to the corresponding verse on the other side that I just described, and that is uh, Revelation 3.18. So I'll read both of them, and then we'll talk about it, or I'll talk about it, and you'll listen, I guess. <laughs> Revelation 3, forget the end, forget it, sorry. 3.18, 3 3.18, praise God. 3.18, okay, we got both of them now. All right, let's see if I can do this been trying to figure out how to do this and it's been kind of hard this is a whole new way of teaching I've never done this in my entire life so I've never taught this way I've never preached this way this is altogether new God is doing something new in preacher John uh, something new and it's not easy it's been very struggling been very tired because of the newness that God is creating in me and I don't understand it at all I just know something's going on Something's different that I've ever done before. Because I understand, I've been doing this for five decades. It seemed like my whole life. But I started when I was 20, and I'm 70 now. All right? So let's read this verse here. Exodus uh, 32:24. This is Aaron speaking. The priest Aaron, Moses' brother. And I said, this is Aaron speaking, And I said unto them, that's the children of Israel, I said unto them, Whosoever, now I get the context here also, that Moses is up on the mountaintop, in the cloud, in the lightning, and in the fire, and all that stuff, in God's presence for 40 days and 40 nights. And the people gave up on Moses and said, he disappeared, we don't know what happened to Moses. So he's our leader, we want a new leader. Aaron, you're not our leader. And they wanted something new. 
So Aaron said, okay, whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. They gave it to me. Can you see that Aaron is a facilitator of the sin that's going to cause all the children of Israel to fall, except for a couple? That's what preachers, that's the importance of a pastor. Your whole congregation, you're responsible for. You're the shepherd. They don't, they're not the shepherd, you're the shepherd. And I minister to a lot of pastors and ministers and churches. We're praying for every church in every city that we go to. We're not just building Gospel Event, we're building every church in some form or fashion. We have a lot of people come to our church who are from other churches. And they don't come to Wednesdays anymore because their church started a Wednesday service. But a few years ago, in Boulder, you couldn't find a Wednesday service except for some occasional churches. So that's why we had a lot of people in our church because we're the only church in town that had a Wednesday service. In fact, sometimes we're the only church in town when it's a snow day, we're the only church open. Not really, but uh, many churches closed. There's been many storms that several churches that people went to said, they're all closed up. I wanted to come over here and see if you guys are open. Our lights are on, doors are open, we're open for business. Our doors were opened by God and no man will ever shut those doors because God opened them. All right? So being responsible is really important. When you preach the gospel, it's important. What I'm doing here is I'm held accountable to God. That's why I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to God. I'm checking to make sure everything I'm saying is correct. Now I do misspeak because I'm living in this body that's a decaying, going back and old and decrepit and everything else and it's hurting, my feet are hurting right, right now. My left foot is numb because of the accident. I mean, I'm out here anyways. So listen to this. They broke it off, so they gave it to me. Then I, Aaron, the priest of Almighty God, the priest of all the people who saw all the miracles in Egypt, who had authority by God, called by God, and this is what he did. Stupid guy, stupid thing he did. Then I cast it into the fire. Okay, fire, that's, we're talking about fire. He tossed it into the fire. All the gold they had, they threw it all in the fire. That was a lot of gold, million people plus, I mean, you know, how many people were there? I mean, there's a lot of people. Some say two million, some say 1.2, one, I mean, everybody says something different, we don't really know. All right, cast in the fire. And it says here, and there came out this calf. And there came out of the fire, this calf, this golden calf, shining, glimmering, with the sun, with the fire glimmering. It came out. It, it rose up out of the fire. Rose up out of the fire. And it shocked all the people. And they bowed down to that golden calf. Even Aaron bowed down to that golden calf because it was startling. Remember, these guys were slaves all their life. The last, you know, 50 years, 100 years, were slaves, or whenever it was. They didn't start as slaves in Goshen, Egypt. They started as, you know, good people, favored people. But then they ended up being slaves. So they were amazed at this. So what kind of, that's a miracle. You throw gold in a fire, how many times do you see something come out of it? And some figurine. That's an idol, a god. They worshipped it. They bowed down and worshipped that golden calf. Right? You get the picture there? You see, you get this kind of information, this understanding, when you spend time with God in His Word. And you allow, you let the Holy Ghost teach you the Word of God. Don't call somebody up and say, teach me the word of God. I'm not teaching you. I'm just highlighting this stuff to you. And you take this to the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God do His job, which is to edify, no, it's, it's just to uh, comfort you, but it's to bring back to your remembrance all the things that Jesus taught you and then all the things that are in the Word of teach you the Word of truth because He is the Spirit of truth and the, you know, the Holy Ghost. He's God, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That's the Godhead. 
So that's God. You're allowing God to teach you. When I say God, I'm referring to the Godhead. That God is short for Godhead. The Godhead. Okay? So you can see something very bizarre and wicked and evil going on here. Very clear to me. And it's all about fire. It talks about fire. There's a lot of things going on in this verse. I could probably talk for the rest of the hour on this one verse. But we're going to add now the second verse, the other side. Well, that's one side, remember? And then on the other side, we've got another verse that's identical. So we're going up exactly one verse, one verse, one verse, one verse, one verse. So we're not skipping around. So this is the opposite, or another on the other side, I guess you could say, of this verse. And that is uh, Revelation, uh, what was it, 318? Oh, I forgot. Messed up again. Hang on. 318, yeah. Revelation 3.18. Whoops, now I lost my place. <laughs> I'm outside, man. I'm not standing in front of a pulpit. I'm overly dressed now. For some reason, it got hot. But I'll put my stuff in my pack there. All right? So let's go to the other side now. Revelation 3.18. I counsel thee. Now get this. Slow down. Listen. Remember what you heard before. Now listen to what's saying. being said. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Wow. That's exactly what we just read. Gold tried in the fire. But people didn't take God's counsel. They took Satan's counsel and put gold in the fire that was tried in the fire. And out came that calf. Now out of the fire came this calf. Really, really something, Moses. I, really, I got excited. I've never seen that before. And that's all I am, just putting words in his mouth. Anyways, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. You see the connection there? It's amazing. See, that connection lets me know that that diagram that I showed you, that structure, is exactly what the Holy Ghost wanted me to do. And it should surprise you. Oh, wow, look at that. Everything has been surprising me because I've never done this before. Not this way, not this structure. It's nice to do something new. It's nice to do something not, not you on your own create something new, but by praying to God, God gives you something new to do. It's amazing. It's amazing. I counsel thee to buy of me, God. Buy from me gold. Don't buy from Satan, the world. There's all kinds of scriptures on this. You're going to serve the world or you're going to serve God. You're going to serve money, mammon, or you're going to serve God. There's two gods. Right? Two gods. You have a choice to make. Which God do you want to serve? Even as a Christian. Even as a Christian. You have to make that choice almost every day, it seems like. Or at least once a week or once a month. I mean, many times in your lifetime, you're going to have to make a choice. Because Satan is deceiving and creating something that looks really exciting. Shiny gold, shiny prayer looks really nice. It must be from God. When in reality, if you pray long enough, you'll see that, no, that's a deception. I'm being deceived and I'm being led to the slaughter. Satan's going to capture me. And you start sinning. And the wages of sin is death. And death is in hell. That death means the second death, not the first death. The second death, which is hell. You don't, you don't have Christ. You're going to go to hell. I'm sorry. And there's fire there also but you're not going to be purified and you're not going to turn into some golden person. You're not going to do that 007 golden finger, <laughs> that kind of thing. That won't happen. It's fire that never goes out, never is quenched, hot, lonely, gnashing of teeth for eternal damnation because the fire will be floating in a book, the lake of fire. The hell will be thrown in the lake of fire. That's a real place, but you don't have to go there. It wasn't made for us. It was made for Satan and his devils. The third that fell out, that was cast out of heaven. That's why hell was created, for them, not for us. But that's where we're gonna go. Right where Satan's going is where people are gonna go who die in their sin without Christ. You have a choice. I'm gonna take the, a lot of people listening, our believers, are born again, but how many people do you know 
that are not born again. If you know them and you haven't told them about salvation, shame on you. I ain't kidding. There's too many believers that I ask, have you told your mom, told your dad, brother, you know, every, all your friends, your co-workers? No, 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 no. I hear no. No is the most common answer I get on the street. No. Occasionally, you know, obviously I get yeses, but yeses are tiny compared to the vast number of no's I have not told people. My friends, my family, co-workers, even strangers. All right, well, whatever. I used to tell people years ago, I haven't said this for a long, long time, many years, uh, that let's say there's the getting caught away, the, what they call the rapture, it's not in the Bible, but the flying away, the cutting up, and let's say catching away, let's say, for example, this is just a made up story, it's not in the Bible, but let's just say this, that you and your friend are standing there, or your wife, your husband, your children, or whatever, and they know that you're a Christian, and they know Christians are supposed to be lifted off. They, they know Christians talk about rapture, that kind of stuff, which they think is stupid and foolishness. But let's say that happens, the getting caught up happens, and you begin to lift off, and you're 20 feet in the air, 30 feet in the air, for example, it's just a silly story, and they're looking up to you, and you're looking down at them, and you know what they're saying to you? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you make me receive Christ? Why didn't you stay after me? Why didn't you keep bugging me? Why didn't you keep writing me letters and calling me and praying for me? You know what's gonna happen now? How are you gonna feel? What are you gonna say? Oh, I'm sorry. Whoops, I messed up. That's what's gonna happen. I've told so many believers and they still have not told their family members. I've told every one of my, every one of my family members know Christ, know about Christ. Some have chosen not to, but I stay after it continuously. Just letting you know, I'm a soul winner. <laughs> I'm all about winning the lost. I'm not about making you feel good. Because this kind of talk doesn't make people feel good. Well, that's not fun to listen to, John. See, that's what they want. That's what I've been told. Well, that's not fun, John. That doesn't make me feel good. I don't feel blessed when I listen to you. I feel troubled. I feel uncomfortable good, then I'm doing my job. I want you to be uncomfortable. I want you to be squirming in your chair. I ain't kidding, man. I'm so sick of Christians that don't do a thing for God. God's done everything for them, and they don't do a thing for God. Because they're in love with the world, and the world includes your flesh. I love my flesh. I go to the gym, I swim, I run, I bike, I take care of myself. I eat healthy. I cater my body. I make sure I get my eight. I get my three squares a day or whatever, you know, three meals a day. And I make sure my clothes are just beautiful. I make sure my makeup is good. My hair is all colored pretty and done up with all kinds of pearls in it. And all the guys with their earrings and their tattoos looking cool. It's all the world. World, world, world. And this world is passing away and everybody in this world is of the world and in the world doing that is going to pass away too. All you got to do is look at the Noah's flood. You're going to have to clean your life up. But not just your life. You talk to other people and help them clean their life up. All right, I talk about this almost every time. It's really, it's, but I've been saying this since I got saved. I've been talking this way since I was 20 years old. I'm not, I don't do it very well, but I, this is what I've been talking about, things like this. All right, so let's go back into Revelation uh, 3, verse 18. I counsel thee, that's the counsel of God, that's why you need to obey God's commandments. That's the counsel of God. This is the word of God. So you obey his counsel. You obey his counsel. God bless you, man. Oh, hey, John, I don't know. <laughs> That's what he said. Hey, John. I don't even know. 
But I'm sure I'm praying, but I'm sure he's in my prayer list. My prayer book. Alright? See? Right there. That's a good example right there. Here's a Christian. He's running during his lunch hour. Why didn't he come out and preach with me? Oh, I haven't got time. I gotta run. I gotta get my exercise in during my lunch hour. I can't preach. I can't pray for you. Are you kidding me? I gotta keep the momentum going. That's a good example right there. He even knew my name. Hi, John. Beautiful example caught on camera. If people tell me, oh, that doesn't happen on the street. Well, you just saw it one more time out of the hundreds of times in the last five years that I'm on the street. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about all the other years, the 40 other years I've been doing this in the trucking world, not out here on the street, in the trucking business. Counsel, uh, counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, all right? That thou mayest be rich. Were the Israelites rich? Well, to them, they, they thought they were rich. They had their answer. They had a leader now, this golden calf that can bow down to. It matched the stuff they're used to back in Egypt. All that, all those idols in Egypt. It looks familiar to them. They bowed down. They felt rich. But it's the wrong kind of rich. The church, that's what the prosperity gospel, it was teaching the wrong kind of rich. Prosperity is in the Bible. Be rich is in the Bible. Solomon was the richest man ever, and never has been nobody richer than Solomon. Adjusted for inflation. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation. <laughs> All right? So that you may be rich, and white raiment. White, clothed in white. You know, people nowadays, and they've been doing this for years, They buy a white car because I'm a pastor. I drive a white Lincoln Continental. I don't drive a Cadillac. I drive a Lincoln. I used to turn my, I used to get, almost want to throw up when I see those pastors. I'm from Tulsa. I'm not from Tulsa, but I went to, lived in Tulsa for five, five years going to ministry training. I saw that all, when some kind of pastor's conference, there'd be, it seemed like dozens of white Lincoln Continentals out in the pa parking lot. I thought that was the stupidest thing in the world. Phony, phony, phony. And then some pastors were dressed in white suits. These are my white raiment. Nobody else was allowed to dress in white. Only them. Only the pastor. Only the preacher. Only the evangelist. Everybody else had to dress in regular business attire. Why is that? They were mimicking this. A lot of those people aren't around anymore. Anyways, that's another story. White raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. Because you don't want to be naked and poor and destitute and ashamed of yourself before Almighty God. You want to be clothed. And that's a big deal there. A lot of men and women don't know about what, what clothing means anymore. They're so trained in fads and fashions that to be clothed doesn't make any sense to them. When Bethel Church, I'm, I'm from Bethel Church, Redding, California, spent 27 years at Bethel Church, maybe 25, 25, 27, I can't remember the exact date, but around 27. Uh, they, uh, we met at the old, we were the old Assemblies of God, Bethel Assemblies of God, before it was Bethel, before it came Bethel, what you know about now. And everybody wore suits and nice clothes. Nobody was tattooed up. Nobody had earrings and ungodly haircuts. Everybody looked wonderfully dressed and very modest. And we had probably 2,500 people, 2,000 people, I guess, on Bicelli Lane there in Reading. Pastor Ray Larson. And uh, it was great. It was great. And then we outgrew that building, which has been there for like 40 years. I think Bethel started in 1956, and this is 1989 through 89. Oh, not 89. It was uh, we were in Little Country Church for three years, 89, 91, 92. So probably 92, 93, we went to Bethel, and I stayed at Bethel till 2017. So how long is that? I don't know. We were ministers at Little Country, then we were ministers at Bethel Church. 
the assemblies of God and also at the, uh, the new Bethel too. And so they uh, preached out of the King James Bible at the old Bethel assemblies of God. We preached out of the King James Bible. Then things happened and that pastor, Pastor Ray left and we were out there without a pastor about a year and a half. And then we brought in another pastor and his wife and uh, they threw out the King James and they brought in a corrupt Bible. I think they brought in the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. And you know, oh, that's a good Bible. No, it's not. That Bible tells you that Jesus was created just like us. He wasn't, didn't come from heaven. He wasn't possessed of God. He was created here by Mary and Joseph. That's what that Bible tells you. That's a corrupt Bible. So that's what they began preaching out of. Pastor Bill started preaching out of that, Bill Johnson. And uh, probably two, let's see, 92, 93, 94, 95, probably three years later, two and a half or three years later, you saw a major shift in the church. And then there was a big revival that happened in Bethel all over the world when the renewal, the fire, and the river of God and all that kind of stuff, all that stuff going on, laughter and all that stuff. And uh, then the Holy Ghost lifted because they began getting into sin. Yeah. They took, that, they took that new freedom in God, in the Holy Ghost, and they spent it on themselves. That's what happened. Now they're trying to fix it all now. They're trying to come back around, I guess. That's kind of the indicator I'm trying to do. But I've been out of Bethel Church for many, many, many years. Probably, you know, well, seven years I've been out of Bethel Church. And even the last five years, or, or maybe seven, I was very, 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 very ultimately part-time. Because I didn't like what I was doing, and I didn't know where to go. Because I don't church hop. I just stay until God tells me to move. And God never told me to move. So I just didn't go as much. Didn't participate. I got off all the ministry activities, and I just gave up on Bethel. Because the lights came down, the smoke came up, everybody started dressing. They started undressing. Women started coming with short shorts on, tank tops on in the summertime. Guys started dressing like they're a bunch of slobs and all the tattoos started appearing in the church. All the earrings and everything got dark. There was no more a lit church on fire for God. It was a dark, dark entertainment center. And they all pretended like they're a rock and roll band. Oh, wow. I mean, it was fun to the flesh. I enjoyed it, I had fun. I enjoyed it. All that kind of music is really cool because it ministers to the flesh. And everybody would cry and lift up their hands and cry because their flesh is moved, not their spirit. Oh well, I'm not saying it's bad. I don't know what's going on, that's God's deal. I'm just telling you how I lived in Bethel. I'm, I've come out of that, right? So did they throw their gold into a fire and up come a golden calf? Or did they counsel with God and buy of God gold tried in the fire? Which gold did they take? Which gold did they take? So we can see the fruit. You see the fruit of the Israelite children of Israel. You see their fruit. And you see the fruit of those who buy gold tried in the fire by God. We see the difference, right? White raiment, clothed, that thou shame of thy nakedness do not appear. That's what they started undressing. Their nakedness started appearing at Bethel. And I started seeing it, but nobody else saw it. I remember talking, how come they're dressing like this now? I mean, put some clothes on. It looks like you just got out of the shower, threw a, your undergarments on. I was, I was like shocked. And that triggered all kinds of sexual sins in Bethel Church. And I kept prophesying and telling, you've got to stop this, man. But it was fun. I enjoyed playing around and dance. I was in the praise and worship for a while. And my flying my flags, I was right there with it all. For the first, see, 95, 96, 97, for the first three years. At 98, 99, 98, something like that. 95 to 98. I was hot and heavy right in the mix. Around 98, maybe 99, something began to change that I didn't like. 
and that's when I start pulling away. Something like that. I forget my numbers all the mix up. Understand that I was in, I've done missionary work from 2000 to 2017. I was also doing a lot of missionary work. Probably about four, maybe four, I see four, five, six, probably about five or six years of missionary work in a couple different locations. Okay? Anyways, let me keep this going. Uh, by the shame of thy nakedness, do not appear and anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. So I, can, I know for a fact that during those era, after that, the anointing lifted, to me that's what it lifted, it might be, maybe others don't see that, but I can see. Anyways, that's just another story. I mean, a lot of people don't believe what I'm saying, that's okay, I don't care. But, uh, so you can see this verse dovetailing and acting opposite of the other verse. Both ends, fire. And it's interesting, two arms give us a choice. You can choose to go left or you can choose to go right. This is my right hand, so I don't know how you look at the camera. Anyways, that's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> Hope that made sense. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can preach something that doesn't make any sense to me, but we, we don't depend on our ability or understanding. We depend on you, Holy Spirit, to fill us and deliver an anointed message that will do the work of setting the captives free, to opening the eyes, the blind eyes, and to healing all those who need to be healing, healed, and all those who need to be baptized with the Spirit of God. We thank you and baptized with fire. In your name, Jesus. Amen. It's a great day. All right? God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.